0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Summer Fast Trend Week. I am Jack, and I am joined by super producer Becca Ramos. What's up, Becca?
5: Hello, I'm back. You're back,
0: (laughs) baby. It's Fast Trend Week.
5: In Paris.
0: Paris. You have a new TV. I do have a new TV. It's very exciting.
5: It is very big. (laughs) and It was very scary installing it. Um... My partner and I, we were very much on the same page of we will pay whatever it takes to have somebody do it cuz then at the end of the day if they break it it's their fault and not ours. And they did the person did an amazing job. It's up on the wall. It's the thinnest TV I've ever owned. It was so scary carrying it into the other room so we could install it. Whew. My hands are sweaty thinking about it. Like that's Yeah.
0: <laughs> so my roommate when I lived in New York we moved to three different apartments together, Uh, had right before we moved in together, had scored like fell off the back of a truck. I think it was like a 72-inch TV. Wow, that is huge. <laughs> Very big, especially when you consider it was not a flat screen. It was the, oh, last, <laughs> the last of the cathode ray TVs. Um, Heavy TV. It was the heaviest thing I've ever encountered. I have tried to move a piano before. This thing was heavier than that. And it, uh, it, was, it was bad. It was <laughs> like we, we would hire people to help us and they would walk you out <laughs> on us. <laughs> um, but we, we brought it to all three of the apartments. And I think it's still in that last apartment just because nobody, they were just like, we've got to build around this thing because <laughs> it's impossible to move. But TVs used to be very heavy. Very expensive. I mean,
5: they are still very expensive, depending on what you get. We This is our first, like, big, like, life TV. This is a Samsung, like, 65-inch TV. And we did an open box deal, and we got it for, like, half off. It was incredible. But with an open box deal, you have the fear of it not turning on when it, you know, comes home. Right. So we it was, like, literally wrapped up in bubble wrap. Like, they didn't put, like, a makeshift box on it. There was no remote involved or a stand. So we had to buy like a universal remote. But when we turned that thing on, we got home, we're like, okay, it turns on. We just got to make it under the wall. And now we did.
0: I've never once installed a flat screen TV, like personally with my own hands. I was like, I would, I would rather like, you know, install the brake pads on my car like that, because I've, I've just seen so many viral videos viral videos uh horrifying videos of like those falling on people and um i mean that stand
5: is heavy like the um, oh yeah the mount that they installed the guy who installed it who you know was like a a big man he like literally hung on it to show us like this tv's not gonna fall like look how strong this mount is and i was like holy shit damn (laughs) okay
0: that's cool um, all right. Well, let's get back to important stuff like Fashion Week. The, the big news is that Balenciaga uh, did, a, did a show that was just celebrities and the designs were not there.
5: Yeah. So in Paris, uh, you know, Balenciaga did their second couture collection. And, you know, it was lots of celebrities sitting in the show. A lot of celebrities walking the show, notably Kim Kardashian, Nicole Kidman and Dua Lipa. Um, a lot of, lot of jokes going around. Check out St. Hoax. Check out Diet Prada. My favorite places to look at, uh, pop culture and specifically fashion memes. You know, they're saying it is, uh, drag all stars. Uh, no walk though. Very true. The walks were horrible. The looks were okay. You know, a lot of, um, very similar silhouettes. Kim's been wearing that same silhouette forever. Um, and yeah, they looked kind of strange, like Nicole Kidman looked like a robot. It was very wild. Naomi Campbell's look was giving cone of shame, but gorgeous. She's the only one that I felt like could walk the show. And even some of the other dress silhouettes, the, uh, models, I'm sure were very capable walkers, but the dresses were so big for the runway that they couldn't walk down the runway. So I think it was, it left a lot to be desired in the fashion and also just like the show design in general. So I don't know. It was a little fun fashion news for, to kick off our, our trending.
0: Yeah. The, the dresses definitely don't look fashion week worthy. Like I expect, yeah, exactly. I expect the things that I see when I'm looking at fashion week to look like they belong in the museum of modern art. Um, the dress that is too wide to walk down the aisle kind of looks like that. It's pretty cool. But like Nicole Kidman's looks like it is the third act of a thing like a, a TV show where they were like, the dress is burnt in a fire. We need to like make <laughs> something quickly out of just this, uh, you know, marathon cape that they usually give people those like tinfoil capes that they give people after they run marathons. It does move like have been in a natural disaster. Um. yeah and yeah they just look like very straightforward dresses for the most part anyways uh, I know like the fashion world was on the edge of its seat <laughs> waiting to hear my take on <laughs> the Balenciaga show and there it is not it um, that <laughs> is not it uh, alright so Eric R. Holder Jr. has been found guilty of murdering the rapper nipsey hustle this is the person who i mean we kind of saw it on there was videotape of it happening but apparently they knew each other and had a run-in outside of the store earlier but yeah i i don't know it's horrible but uh, i guess good that it's you know they're bringing some closure to it
5: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the community needed that closure. His, you know, friends and family need that closure. It's incredibly sad and we lost a hero to the LA community, you know, not only as an artist, but as someone who really was the embodiment of giving back. You know, like when you rise up and reach back, he did so much for, you know, inner city LA kids, and it's it's sad. It's yeah. it was it has been sad. It's incredibly sad but you know good that there is some justice so to speak
0: yeah covid is trending again i don't know how to feel anymore other than that i am now wearing a mask <laughs> when i'm indoors uh i've started feeling very itchy now like i don't know just it, it seems like nobody else is. i was i was in a room well, like 50 people yesterday. I was one of two people wearing masks and I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not doing this to be like, God, everybody, because I totally understand masks suck, but it definitely feels like we are at a place where people like the New York Times just had a story that was like, people now feel like we've, we're past it and they, their lives have gone back to normal. And I'm glad that people feel that way, (laughs) but, but there's like the numbers in LA are really bad.
5: Yeah. I'm not sure what the numbers in, in New York are, but as someone who just had their, you know, older parents come visit, I was really strict with them that they had to wear their mask everywhere and that I also wore my mask, but we did a lot of tourist attractions and so many people weren't wearing their mask. I would say at the museum, Luckily, we went to the um American Natural History Museum and they were pretty strict there, which was really nice. I I wanna say most of the arts in New York City have been pretty strict with the mask regulations, but Empire State Building, not a single mask in sight. Rockefeller, no masks. It's been so wild. And I, I don't know. I I have friends more now than ever that I'm hearing get sick with COVID and it's not even just the lack of wearing masks, but it's also, I don't think, being diligent with your quarantine periods. Like, I know people who were like, oh, I tested positive for COVID at the beginning of the week, and then I saw them out, you know? Yeah. So I was like... I feel fine, Which though. is it? I feel it? fine. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to see you for a while because my parents are in town, and I just don't yeah. feel comfortable, you know? And Yeah,
0: and I feel like that might be it now. It's just like, yeah, you, got, you just have to make your own decisions based on how you feel and like whether your elderly parents are going to be in town or not. And uh, not to call your parents elderly, uh, but, you know.
5: They're getting older, though. And, you know, it's like their health isn't perfect. And especially my parents live in Texas. Like the amount of walking we did was very tough on them. They were like not ready for the hustle and bustle that was New York City. and New York you City know, in
0: July is no joke. It's uh, no joke. It I was- do not blame your parents. Yeah, it's
5: very hot. So, yeah, it just it sucks. I, you know, even caught myself until I got COVID in May. I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I still haven't gotten it. And then now that I've gotten it, I was kind of being, you know, lax again because I was like, well, I'm in my refractory period. Like, I you know, I got like however many yeah. days. But yeah, now I'm like wearing my mask again pretty regularly. That
0: is what they're saying is this new version of Omicron is um, less like you you have less protection uh, if you were recently sick like that, yeah. because it's changing so fast um it, it has basically the same severity uh, as past versions of the coronavirus and like the vaccines are helpful so continue to uh listen to the end of the show where we tell you to go get a vaccine um but yeah it's go it's going up for sure um and continuing to Mutate. So just be careful and be aware, you know, of what you're careful with. And also be respectful of, I guess, what other people are comfortable with um, as well. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast to Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating
4: And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: That's right. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels.
0: and we're back, and Stranger Things, season five. I, I thought season four was it. I've been viewing this from a distance. Uh, you are a Stranger Things head, uh, and... I would
5: say I'm a fan, you know? I've yeah. been around since the beginning. I did watch those. I was a little late. I, like, stayed off the internet to finish the last two episodes, but by the time I got to them... I was watching that thing at 1.5 speed because I cannot believe they had the audacity to drop two final episodes and have them both be longer than a normal episode. The seventh mm. or the eighth episode was an hour and a half and the ninth episode was two and a half hours. Mm. Absolutely not. I don't have time for that. I, it was exhausting and long, but then, as you mentioned just now, I was under the impression and listeners. Tell us if we're wrong. I thought season four was marketed like, this is it. This is the end. We're going to find out what happens, like do or die. Like, let's go. And I feel like the way it's been marketed, like from an experiential point in New York, there's been quite a few like Stranger Things experiences that you can like pay to go. Weirdly, I noticed when I was out and about with my family this weekend that at the Empire State Building, there's an activation for senior things, you can take a photo by, like, the Demic organs. Don't know why. Um, mm. But, yeah, I was under the impression this was it. And then to find out that um, the Duffer Brothers made a announcement that they're like, oh, no, there's a season five. We're coming to you. It's the finale. And then there's spinoffs. Yeah. Huh?
0: I think, like, just from a, uh, you know, how... I experienced the uh the marketing campaign for season four, whether they've specifically said this or not, it did seem like they were trading on the this is it people like get ready this is everything gets wrapped up. I don't know if that's because I was experiencing it through other people and or or what, but like that that definitely is the impression I got could be. You know, that Netflix just gave a light dusting to the marketing campaign to suggest that season four was it to like kind of uh, goose the numbers, give it a little goose suit because they are in a panic uh, and have just completely abandoned everything that was cool about themselves and been like, whatever, just get the numbers up. And then the Duffer brothers came out, said, yeah, no season five's coming. And also there's going to be a spinoff which is always interesting that I think that information just dropped as we're recording it. Yeah. Um, So they're going to better call Saul this shit, (laughs) Um, which makes sense because like, I think I've always thought better call Saul helped my theory that like by the end of breaking Bad there was like a tug of war between Vince Gilligan and Brian Cranston. And like Brian Cranston was like, you know, Walter White was too much of a part of him. And so he couldn't be like objective anymore. Mm -hmm. And so Like, rather than continuing to deal with that, Vince Gilligan just ended Breaking Bad and then started a new thing in the universe of Breaking Bad that didn't involve Brian Cranston. But this, it makes more sense because, like, you just have an issue where the cast is.
5: They're so grown. And when they started the show to now, it's so crazy how big they've gotten. (laughs) Like, literally, physically, they were so little and now they're so big. Which is why I was kind of frustrated that the way the show ended did. Because I was kind of like, I think they're done. I'm kind of done. I was watching this. And I assume with the way the marketing was done, whether or not they said there was a fifth season or not, the, um, I read a Time article that had mentioned that the Duffer brothers had said that it would take about four or five seasons to tell the story they want to tell. That doesn't confirm if it was four or five, Um, but...
0: Oh, Yeah,
5: like, it was, like, that was the quote, but I don't know if it was ever made clear to, you know, the watchers that it was going to be four or if it was going to be five. Like, there was, like, a for-sure deal or whatever, but I felt like the way that the season was even, like, played out, like, from the beginning of the episodes, you know, one of the season to episode nine the story was telling made it sound like this was the it. Like, the way that the storylines were wrapping up, like, this was the conclusion. We're finally figuring out what Vecchner is. Like, you know, Vecchner has actually always been the whole upside-down thing. Like, the whole way through, you're like, okay, this is this is it. Like, we're coming to the end. So to have episode nine conclude the way it did felt very, like, I don't have time. I don't have my breath for this anymore. I just, mm-hmm. I'm tired. You burnt me out. I was excited to watch season four to get to the bottom of it, and now I feel burned out by episode nine, knowing there's a whole, if it's going to be nine more episodes of an hour and a half plus, I just don't know if I have it in me.
0: Mm. I don't. Fortunately, I was burnt out after season one. So <laughs> I put uh, better luck to uh, on next season to Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> to Stranger Things fans. Um, all right, in keeping with the uh, the theme of this Episode being uh, impressions uh, of news stories I don't know much about. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk Boris Johnson because the headline Boris Johnson like on the ropes. Boris Johnson, this might be it. This is it. He's definitely gone this time. Has happened. I feel like conservatively seventeen times in the last six months, and every time I'm too. It, it's a little bit like. A, a TV show that keeps teasing like this is the final is thing the- where we find out what, what the smoke monster really is where I've just been like, I don't even know who Boris Johnson is anymore, man. I don't even like want to read this, but now people are really like, <laughs> I think, think one of the headlines. Uh, so, so Vox is saying, is this the political end for Boris Johnson? So many ministers have resigned from Johnson's government. Which feels like it could be, it's interchangeable with every single other headline that I've seen. I think New York Meg was like, no, but like for real, for real, this is like really real deal, last deal, last thing. Is it really like they, they really went out of their way to be like, nah, but seriously though, um, I don't know. It, what, what are your thoughts? Do you, is this something you have paid any attention to?
5: Absolutely not. not
0: <laughs>
5: I've been, you know, I've been too wrapped up in um, the dreariness of the United States news that I have not been able to catch up on the UK news. But right. the Vox article, like you mentioned, when we were talking about this before we started recording and I Google Boris Johnson and it was like 80 articles in the past, like, I feel like day that was like, is this the political end for Boris Johnson? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the latest scandal has been with uh, his appointment of the deputy chief whip. Um, let me look up his name again.
0: So I will. I will just read the. Well, while you look that up, I'll read the um, headline. New York Magazine said this: "Really, really, really might be the end for Boris Johnson." After the upteenth scandal of his tenure, the prime minister is rapidly losing support from his political allies. Again, well, I mean, we'll we'll see. Trump. I feel I feel like this feels similar to the Trump situation.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's but it's interesting you were saying, uh, before we got on air, how like it's nice to see that other places will actually penalize their leaders that are not doing a good job versus ours. You know, like he led a coup and he still hasn't had any repercussions from that. But yeah. Um I guess the latest scandal has been from um conservative deputy chief whip chris pincher who was forced to resign last week amid allegations that he got drunk at a private club and groped two men and pincher is a johnson loyalist johnson was a little too late to make a comment on it and basically you know still appointed him despite pincher's shortcomings
0: yeah it does feel like that is a like if america existed in a different timeline like that. That feels like a past political scandal that would, would people would have been like scandalized by and been like, this is the end of this particular Republican's career. And then like they would have like figured something out to be able to stay. But it does feel like kind of quaint, which not to not to be dismissive of anything. It's just um America is so fucked <laughs> that like currently the I'm idea here, fish of, fry, sadly of like. Here. Not be it not taking seriously, you know, illegal behavior by somebody who works on your staff doesn't. I don't know that that feels like something that a Republican would like brag about in their uh, political ads. Anyways, we'll see. the The latest is refuses to quit. That's what that's so. Um, maybe this is really, 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 really not the end, but we'll we'll see. All right. Well, Becca Ramos, it's been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist trending episode. Where can people find you and follow you?
5: You can find me at Bex B-E-C-C-S, Ramos on all platforms.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, we are back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Get the vaccine. Get the fucking booster. Don't do nothing about white supremacy.
1: And we will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA,